Hey guys, my name is Emma Mack, and you are listening to the Getting to Know God podcast. For those who don't know me, I am 25 years old and I live in Texas. I'm not a pastor, I'm not a speaker. I'm just sharing my journey in getting to know God and hoping to lead others to do the same. So that is where my heart is, and I hope you will take this ride with me. This week, we are going through chapters 12 through 14 of Revelation, and we are halfway through our Revelation study. As I've been reading and studying, I've been going deeper and deeper each week during my study time. Revelation is such an interesting book that is so much packed into each chapter. There are so many different commentaries and opinions that I've found and learned from, and I'm really excited to share everything with you. So let's just jump right into chapter 12. Then I witnessed in heaven an event of great significance. I saw a woman clothed with the sun, with the moon beneath her feet, and a crown of twelve stars on her head. She was pregnant, and she cried out because of her labor pains and the agony of giving birth. Then I witnessed in heaven another significant event. I saw a large red dragon with seven heads and ten horns, with seven crowns on his heads. His tail swept away one-third of the stars in the sky, and he threw them to the earth. He stood in front of the woman as she was about to give birth, ready to devour her baby as soon as it was born. She gave birth to a son who was to rule all nations with an iron rod, and her child was snatched away from the dragon and was caught up to God and to his throne. And the woman fled into the wilderness where God had prepared a place to care for her for 1260 days. Then there was a war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon and his angels, and the dragon lost the battle and he and his angels were forced out of heaven. This great dragon, the ancient serpent called the devil or Satan, the one deceiving the whole world, was thrown down to the earth with all his angels. Then I heard a loud voice shouting across the heavens, It has come at last, salvation and power, and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ. For the accuser of our brothers and sisters has been thrown down to earth, the one who betrays them before our God day and night. And they have defeated him by the blood of the Lamb and by their testimony. And they did not love their lives so much that they were afraid to die. Therefore rejoice, O heavens, and you who live in the heavens rejoice. But the terror will come on the earth and the sea, for the devil has come down to you in great anger, knowing that he has little time. When the dragon realized that he had been thrown down to earth, he pursued the woman who had given birth to the male child. But she was given two wings like those of a great eagle so she could fly to the place prepared for her in the wilderness. There she would be cared for and protected from the dragon for a time, times, and half a time. Then the dragon tried to drown the woman with a flood of water that flowed from his mouth. But the earth helped her by opening its mouth and swallowing the river that gushed out of the mouth of the dragon. And the dragon was angry at the woman and declared war against the rest of her children, all who keep God's commandments and maintain their testimony for Jesus. Then the dragon took his stand on the shore beside the sea. The first thing in chapter 12 is the woman and the dragon. The pregnant woman represents God's faithful people who waited for the Messiah, which is us. The 12 stars on the crown she wore represent the 12 tribes of Israel, and the son she gives birth to is thought to represent Jesus. After she gives birth, she flees to the wilderness where God will protect her for 1260 days. This represents God's promise to protect his people spiritually during the time with the two witnesses who were prophets and would prophesy um, that we talked about in chapter 11. So verses 8 and 9 really stuck out to me. Scripture says, 
and the dragon lost the battle, and he and his angels were forced out of heaven. This great dragon, the ancient serpent, called the devil or Satan, the one deceiving the whole world, was thrown down to the earth with all his angels. As verse 9 said, the enemy was defeated. He fought Michael and the angels, lost, and was thrown down to earth. There are a few other verses in the Bible where Jesus said that he had already won. For example, John 16:33, which says, I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart, because I have overcome the world. For some context, in John 16, 16 through 33, Jesus is foreshadowing his death and resurrection, as well as their future relationship to God, to his disciples, who are confused. He ends this conversation by assuring them that he's already won the battle, as you can see in verse 33 that I just read. Verses 10 through 12 show that God allows Satan to do evil and bring temptation so that those who are just pretending to be believers will be weeded out, which we will touch on again in chapter 13. In verses 13 through 18, it focuses back on the woman and the dragon. After the enemy was thrown onto the earth, he goes after her, but God protects her. Verse 14 through 16 say, But she was given two wings like those of a great eagle so she could fly to the place prepared for her in the wilderness. There she would be cared for and protected from the dragon for a time, times, and half a time. But the dragon tried to drown the woman with a flood of water that flowed from his mouth. But the earth helped her by opening its mouth and swallowing the river that gushed from the mouth of the dragon. These verses show that God will protect his people and keep them safe spiritually and that he has ultimate control. Next is Revelation 13. Then I saw a beast rising up out of the sea. It had seven heads and ten horns, with ten crowns on its horns. And written on each head were names that blaspheme God. This beast looked like a leopard, but it had the feet of a bear and the mouth of a lion. And the dragon gave the beast his own power and throne and great authority. I saw that one of the heads of the beast seemed wounded beyond recovery but the fatal wound was healed. The whole world marveled at this miracle and gave allegiance to the beast. They worshiped the dragon for giving the beast such power, and they also worshiped the beast. Who is as great as the beast, they exclaimed. Who is able to fight against him? Then the beast was allowed to speak great blasphemies against God, and he was given authority to do whatever he wanted for 42 months. And he spoke terrible words of blasphemy against God, slandering his name and his dwelling, that is, those who dwell in heaven. And the beast was allowed to wage war against God's holy people and to conquer them, and he was given authority to rule over every tribe and people and language and nation. And all the people who belong to this world worship the beast. They are the ones whose names were not written in the book of life that belongs to the lamb who was slaughtered before the world was made. Anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. Anyone who is destined for prison will be taken to prison, Anyone who is destined to die by the sword will die by the sword. This means that God's holy people must endure persecution patiently and remain faithful. Then I saw another beast come up out of the earth. He had two horns like those of a lamb, but he spoke with the voice of a dragon. He exercised all the authority of the first beast, and he required all the earth and its people to worship the first beast whose fatal wound had been healed. He did astounding miracles even making fire flash down to the earth from the sky while everyone was watching. And with all the miracles he was allowed to perform on behalf of the first beast, he deceived all the people who belonged to this world. 
He ordered the people to make a great statue of the first beast, who was fatally wounded and then came back to life. He was then permitted to give life to this statue so that it could speak. Then the statue of the beast commanded that anyone refusing to worship must die. He required everyone, small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to be given a mark on the right hand or on the forehead, and no one could buy or sell anything without that mark, which was either the name of the beast or the number representing his name. Wisdom is needed here. Let the one with understanding solve the meaning of the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man. His number is 666. In this chapter, it talks about the dragon, the beast out of the sea, and the beast out of the earth. This is known as the unholy trinity. The dragon, also known as Satan, is described to have seven heads, ten horns, and seven crowns. The beast out of the sea, who is given political power and is sometimes referenced as the Antichrist, has seven heads, ten horns, and ten crowns. The beast out of the earth, who is given the ability to perform miracles, referred to later in Revelation as a false prophet, has two horns like a lamb and the voice of a dragon. I do want to be clear that neither beast was ever called the Antichrist in Revelation. Some commentaries say that the first beast will be the Antichrist, but others say they are both considered an Antichrist. The term Antichrist can mean both against Christ and in the place of Christ. However, the beast out of the earth did assume the role of Christ, and every time the Antichrist was mentioned in the New Testament, it was always in the religious context and not the political context. Those verses are 1 John chapter 4, verses 1, 3, and 6, and 2 John chapter 1, verse 7, if you want to look them up. Like we talked about in chapter 12, God has ultimate control. In verses 5 and 7, it clearly says that the beast was allowed to speak great blasphemies against God, that he was given authority to do whatever he wanted, that he was allowed to wage war against God's holy people, and that he was given authority to rule over every tribe and people and language and nation. God allowed him to do all of that. I think it was part of the weeding out process we talked about earlier. Verse 8 reminds me of a saying I think we've all heard before, be in the world but not of the world. This verse says that all who belong to the world will worship the beast, therefore they aren't true followers of God. At the end of this verse, it says that their names were not written in the book of life before the world was made. This idea of us being chosen before the world was even created was also talked about in other verses, such as Ephesians 1, 4, 1 Peter 1, 2, and also verse 20. I'm just going to read Ephesians 1, 4, which says, Even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. To end the chapter, the beast of the earth ordered the people to make the statue of the beast of the sea and that anyone who didn't worship him must die. But obviously, worshiping him would be blatantly breaking the first and second commandment. He then required everyone to be marked, which was to mock the seal of God. And Satan made it almost impossible to be a true follower of God as they couldn't buy anything or sell anything without this mark. And last is Revelation 14. Then I saw the Lamb standing on Mount Zion, and with him were the 144,000 who had his name and his Father's name written on their foreheads. And I heard a sound from heaven like the roar of mighty ocean waves or the rolling of loud thunder. It was like the sound of many harpists playing together. 
This great choir sang a wonderful new song in front of the throne of God and before the four living beings and the twenty-four elders. No one could learn this song except the 144,000 who had been redeemed from the earth, and they had kept themselves as pure as virgins, following the Lamb wherever he goes. They have been purchased from among the people on the earth as a special offering to God and to the Lamb. They have told no lies. They are without blame. And I saw another angel flying through the sky, carrying the eternal good news to proclaim to the people who belong to this world, to every nation, tribe, language, and people. Fear God, he shouted. Give glory to him, for the time has come when he will sit as judge. Worship him who made the heavens, the earth, the sea, and all the springs of water. Then another angel followed him through the sky, shouting, Babylon is fallen, that great city is fallen, because she made all the nations of the world drink the wine of her passionate immorality. Then a third angel followed them, shouting, Anyone who worships the beast and his statue, or who accepts his mark on the forehead or on the hand, must drink the wine of God's anger. It has been poured full strength into God's cup of wrath, and they will be tormented with fire and burning sulfur in the presence of the holy angels and the Lamb. The smoke of their torment will rise forever and ever, and they will have no relief day or night. For they have worshipped the beast and his statue, and have accepted the mark of his name. This means that God's holy people must endure persecution patiently, obeying his commands and maintaining their faith in Jesus. And I heard a voice from heaven saying, Write this down, Blessed are those who die in the Lord from now on. Yes, says the Spirit, they are blessed indeed, for they will rest from their hard work, for their good deeds follow them. Then I saw a white cloud, and seated on the cloud was someone like the Son of Man. He had a gold crown on his head and a sharp sickle in his hand. Then another angel came from the temple and shouted to the one sitting on the cloud, Swing the sickle, for the time of harvest has come. The crop on earth is ripe. So the one sitting on the cloud swung his sickle over the earth, and the whole earth was harvest. After that, another angel came from the temple in heaven, and he also had a sharp sickle. Then another angel, who had the power to destroy with fire, came from the altar. He shouted to the angel with the sharp sickle, Swing your sickle now to gather the clusters of grapes from the vines of the earth, for they are ripe for judgment. So the angel swung his sickle over the earth and loaded the grapes into the great winepress of God's wrath. The grapes were trampled in the winepress outside the city, and blood flowed from the winepress in a stream about 180 miles long and as high as a horse's bridle. So this starts with a glimpse of what we will experience in heaven if we endure the persecution from the unholy trinity. It describes a choir singing a beautiful song that only those who have been redeemed will know. And after John sees that, he sees three angels. The first angel warns, Fear God, give glory to him, for the time has come when he will sit as judge. Worship him who made the heavens, the earth, the sea, and all the springs of water. The second angel follows the first, saying, Babylon is fallen, the great city is fallen, because she made all the nations of the world drink the wine of her passionate immorality. Lastly, the third angel followed and shouted, Anyone who worships the beast and his statue, or who accepts his mark on the forehead or on the hand, must drink the wine of God's anger. It has been poured full strength into God's cup of wrath, and they will be tormented with fire and burning sulfur in the presence of the holy angels and the Lamb. The smoke of their torment will rise forever and ever, and they will have no relief day or night. For they have worshipped the beast and his statue, and have accepted the mark of his name. We are created in God's image. 
The torment that the last angel described is the ultimate punishment of separation from God. These are the last three chances that the unbelievers are given before God's wrath later in the chapter. The chapter ends with an angel dumping the grapes, which represent the unbelievers with the hardest hearts, into a winepress to be trampled. This imagery that John saw seems really off-putting, but this type of description is fairly common when God's anger and judgment is talked about. I personally don't like thinking about anyone being trampled to death. So that is it for this week. Next week, we will go through chapters 15 through 17. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Getting to Know God Podcast. Leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. That helps us to come up in the search results when people are looking for Christian podcasts. It would really help us out if you could do that for us. Thank you so much for listening, and I will see you next time.